Are you tired of riding to work in the humdrum V? Is the commute underground in a steel tube filled with the world's angriest people getting your heart rate up? Are you unhappy about being tossed around by your boss's new Latin-speaking paralegal? Is the prospect of marching into a pet store demanding whatever it is they have that's large enough to ride and galloping off into the desert starting to look good? Well, dear listener, assuming you haven't already unnecessarily volunteered to fly into a glacier, have we got just the thing for you. From Dueling Genre Productions comes the special edition limited engagement miniseries podcast event you didn't have any idea you were waiting for, but now that you do, the weight is as unbearably heavy as a hammer made of neutron star matter. Countdown to Infinity. Join your hosts, Ray, Becca, and Chris, as they tackle the Marvel Cinematic Universe movie by movie, week to week, in the steady, unflinching march to the release of Avengers Infinity War. Revisit the industry-dominating series of films set in the heretofore unparalleled and undreamt-of narrative frame that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phase 1, 2, 3, and all 18 films will be discussed, explored, questioned, prodded, probed, and enjoyed. Countdown to Infinity. Available now wherever podcasts are sold. I mean, it's free, but... Uh... Excelsior! Dueling Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zom Rom-Com, Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli, and joining us once again, Jenny Law and Liam Grove. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hi. Happy to have you guys back. And uh, today we are taking a bite out of Minute 77, which uh, starts with uh, Diane pointing out where a zombie is, if Sean can shoot it, and uh, ends with like a really sad group hug. <laughs> yeah Barbara's yeah. on her way out uh, so so um, you know uh, let, let's first talk about I guess how bad of a shot Sean is uh, and <laughs> it's my favorite thing because uh, it, it it just it makes that one really good headshot just so much more satisfying in the same way of like when you get a lucky shot or you know you get you make yourself look cool, but it's really just you're just you. It was just pure luck um, that <laughs> you did that thing, you know. Um, and that absolutely is what that moment feels like. But but he totally just revels in it. He's like, yeah, all right. I'm going to put this rifle down now because that's never going to get better than that. Yeah, really. Go out on a high note. I've done. I've done that. I've definitely done that in college. I took fencing. And there was this guy, there's always one in and every you class. Shot someone? No, oh. there's one in every class where someone goes way too far and like buys their own gear and like get starts competing, <laughs> even though they're, they're just, it's the intro to fencing. Right. <laughs> so this one, this guy was really into it and he wanted to fight everyone in the class. And he came to me and I was like, sure, whatever. 
and I slayed that motherfucker. <laughs> and he kept trying to he kept trying to rematch me, and I was like, no, 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 because I knew I could never be him again. Yeah. I have no reason to rematch you. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's perfect. But no, that's it's that victory that yeah, you're right. Like there's no real reason why it should have worked as well as it did, but it did. And so you're gonna just be like, that's it. That's my standard. I'm not doing it again. I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody else can shoot the gun now. Bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I love about the first part of this minute is everyone trying to help mm-hmm. and giving the clock directions. Which clearly Sean cannot translate fast enough in his head to be useful. Well, but but the the clock directions, okay. You can't give somebody a two hand time. How which way which way are you <laughs> supposed to be? You can't say a quarter to twelve or eleven forty. What does that mean? That's two yes. hands. Yes. <laughs> but also even even if he like I think it just heightens how like how panicky the situation is like no one can make sense of it. Right. But I love how, how that show, how they show that like with the quick cuts and with people screaming out the two handed analog (laughs) clock times and like, you know, Mm. not even, I think full words in a couple of instances. (laughs) Right. Uh, But I, but I I do, but I do love that, you know, David doesn't understand what Sean needs, <laughs> but Ed knows exactly what he needs because they're used to helping each other out in video games. Right. So oh yeah. He knows, oh, I'll just say top left. And that's, that's, that's all he needs to know. And I love that it's, it's all the exact repeated dialogue from earlier when they're in the living room. Right. Uh, what game are they playing? Do you know? Uh, uh like time splitters too. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Time okay. splitters too. I have, I've played a lot of first person shooters, but I could not place that one. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess it was, I, from what I understand, it was a bigger game in England than it was here. Um, mm. which, uh, could be why. Um, but, uh, yeah, cause I, I had never played it either. I think I assumed it was some sort of, um, when I'd see the time splitters games, I, I kind of, I think I assumed they were like time crisis, like the on rail arcade right. shooter. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I don't want to play that. Um, and just never did. But, uh, apparently right. they're a legit, uh, first person shooter that also involves time travel. Um, which is, I have cool. such a blind spot for first person shooter games. I like, I've just assumed it was halo. <laughs> I'm like, it's halo. <laughs> 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 they're all halo they're all halo yeah i'm because i'm oh, much are more you uh are you playing a halo is that yeah yeah basically it's like, but i mean i have no depth reception so whenever i play one of those i end up in the corner being shot <laughs> repeatedly so like i just i that is my part in um so do you think not overcoming that is just not it just being blind to what they are <laughs> just like they're all halo or goldeneye sure uh, do you think you would do better or worse than Sean? Because uh, he's he has all that practice from the first person shooter, and he's still awful. Well, I've actually shot real guns successfully. Have you shot any humans? No. Okay. I I shot a per, uh, like a paper shaped like a uh, like a, a shape a human shape on a paper. Okay. <laughs> a well, paper shaped person. 
<laughs> well, holding a bag because I went to a lady shoot night and they, they demanded that we carry their fake purse with their gun in it and then pretend to pull it out and shoot the target. Oh, like you had to have a purse? <laughs> well, they gave us like- this weird like purse made out of duct tape and they made us walk a certain way and then like pull it out and then shoot. That's hilarious. It was really weird and sexist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that is fantastic. Wow. Um, but um, you know, I I think he does really well. I, you know, you can't help but feel proud of him in this moment. Sure, I can. I can help but feel proud of him. <laughs> I do love, I, uh, again, you know, all the comedy works in this movie and all the horror works really well. All the bullet hits uh, mm-hmm. going through the necks, they're just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, again, you can tell that Edgar Wright is a big fan, um, especially of um, Day of the Dead. Uh, uh-huh. You know, all the bites and all the bullet wounds in that movie look so fantastic. And um, you can tell he tried to replicate a lot of that. I'm just well, very grateful there's not a lot of callbacks to Dawn because as much as I love that movie... <laughs> We do not need a green, right? Any green zombies? Yeah, they would have taken us right out of it. And the bright crayon blood. Oh God, no! Yeah, but, okay. but what I, but what, I, yeah, but that—that's one of the things, right? That I—that I—I actually really do like about the zombies in this that we haven't really talked a lot about because we haven't had a lot of opportunity to do so. But uh, you know, he shoots that zombie in the neck, and just blood, just bright red blood, just bursts out, and. It, that is that is something that you don't see a lot on something like The Walking Dead. Like for some reason, when a when a when a when you become a zombie, like your body just drains of all of its blood because mm-hmm. when they fight zombies on that show, like they have no blood. Uh, it's probably all in their feet because the your heart isn't pumping anymore and it's all settled. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. But as far as like zombie tropes go. Like the the idea of the zombies bleeding, that's very much a Romero thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it lends itself to ultimately, like if we were going to diagnose the zombies, mm-hmm. in this, it, I think it lends itself to a virus more than anything else mm-hmm. um, to have circulating blood. Mm. So I do and it's, really. It's very red too. Yeah. Yeah. Very red. I do. I do like. Like the, I just really like the level of skill that Sean is at. Like for someone who's never shot a gun before, like he's working pretty well under pressure. He's just not a very good shot, but he's pulling it off. Like he's getting, he got, he gets that one zombie in the shoulder. He gets the other one in the Mm -hmm. neck. It's not, you know, doing the job, but it's, it's, you know, (laughs) he's trying. Bless him. And the one he actually gets in the head, the, the one that looks like a zombie Snape. Like right. gets square between the eyes, which is right. yes. If he'd had a couple hundred more bullets, I'm sure he would get better in a couple days. Yeah, yeah, I, they'd I all be fine. I hope I'm not uh, ruining taking somebody else's thunder. Uh, who gets the very end of the movie? But um, I was reading ahead that there's a very famous cameo of a zombie. Uh, do you, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, it's it's at the very end of the IMDb credits. Uh, Mr. Chris Martin of Coldplay is listed. Oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. He's, so, he's in uh he's in a he's in a video. He's in one of the t- talk show things at the end. Um, uh, well, no, he's a, he's a zombie at the end. Uh, there there's a uh, when they come up in the elevator. 
Uh, oh, and is the, he? The, the SWAT team is there and everything. He's he's right next to them. Oh. Um, so I was wondering if he shows up, you know, a little bit earlier than that in part of this crowd that comes through the window, because there's nothing better that I would enjoy in this movie than actually seeing uh, uh, Sean uh, blow his brains out. But oh. sadly, it doesn't happen. Oh, so that's that's interesting that he plays himself and then also plays a zombie. That's interesting. right. Yeah, he is. It's a, it's a, there's a two credits listed on IMDb. It's himself and zombie outside Winchester. Hmm. Can you guys refresh me? Because I, I for some reason I do not remember. Is there? Why did Sean get the gun and not um, Ed? Mm. Uh, they had a a whole conversation about it, and <laughs> and basically, yeah, they had a whole conversation about it about like who has the most uh, gun knowledge, and mm-hmm. Ed, you know, said that that you know he's he shot a gun before he he shot his sister in the leg with an air rifle. Uh, and, okay, yeah, yeah. and that was, that was his experience. And then, uh, after he said that, uh, Liz was basically like, I think I want you to shoot it, Sean. Um, so that's how he ended up with it. I knew that there was something. Well, I do. I love the back and forth about who was going to get it because then when, in, during this minute, when Sean has to run over to his mom, uh, and hands the gun to Nick, Nick gets this like salivating look in his eye. Like I've got the gun now. <laughs> right. Well, and he, he, it's sort of, it's, it's actually, um, his expression is reminiscent to like when, uh, Nicholas angel in hot fuzz, uh, gets the air rifle and, and, you know, shoots all the targets at the, at the fair and then oh, yeah. hands the gun back to Danny. And Danny looks at it like, Oh, what? <laughs> I can't believe this is capable of doing what you just did. As if the no, gun had done it on its own. And now he's in reverence of the gun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, this is the gun that got that headshot just a second ago. Amazing. Right. Maybe if I hold it too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, Sean, uh, leaves the group to go see what's going on with his mom and Liz and, uh, Barbara. finds out the truth about Barbara mm-hmm. and she is, she's so like, she's like sulking, um, yeah. there when he comes over, he, she just, so she looks like somebody who, uh, got caught shoplifting and like the person <laughs> who's like. Who's like coming to pick them up, like came in the office. They're just like, oh, like, I was, yeah, I tried to steal a magazine. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or she got like, she got caught like exposing herself. In the, yeah. In the like, she's just so ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's very much like a kid who's gotten caught um, yeah. and who, again, has kind of made up a narrative to make it okay. Right. Um, that she's not telling anyone and that it is going to be okay. That, that's very much um, uh, the the fussiness of her. Like that's very much my grandmother. That anything that goes wrong is her fault. So like a plane a plane would crash outside and she would say I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's very much uh, who Barbara is. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Planes don't normally crash in my lawn. Yes. <laughs> it never happened before. I so embarrassed. <laughs> And I'm not even prepared. I don't have blankets or anything. <laughs> when we see we see her wound from a different angle. Yeah, uh, it's it's Shots. less it's less of a gaping hole. Uh, from it looks this more angle. like a mouth. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think that it's got, I think the, the piece of meat that was the, the pop top as you described it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, uh, I, I, when they pulled it back, I don't think it ended up back on there. Uh, yeah. and I think it's just, you know, the pool of blood is drained and it's just, it's just meat now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Kleenex is gone. Now, here's a theory. No, it's down. Oh, it is. You can see it on the side. But it's, it's not it's on top of it. Mushroom, it's out of the wound. Yeah. Was the Kleenex keeping her alive? Because the <laughs> moment she pulls it out, she dies. No, Maybe. not the moment. <laughs> I think uh, that Kleenex was keeping her together. I yeah, love seeing it-, it from a different angle, though. It's very pr- almost Cronenbergian, you know, where it's mm-hmm. uh, where it is a mouth and it's an opening on the arm. But, you know, it doesn't throb or anything and nothing like a gun or a baby comes out mm-hmm. of it. So it's not quite Cronenberg yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a very disgusted and disapproving face. And I'm drawing a mouse with my fingers on my arm <laughs> to, to just map this so I can, I can feel what Barbara feels. <laughs> the instant denial that Sean goes, it's, it's like he's going through all the steps all at once when he sees the wound because he's like accepting it because he's crying and he's obviously upset, but then he's also like, I don't understand. Um, And, and just immediately puts it away because he's just like, I can't think about it, but I can't not think about it. Uh, Mm. There's a lot going on in Simon Pegg's performance in that moment that I like a lot. Oh yeah. I think that this movie was just, a perfect combination of acting and directing and script and everything. But I do think that without Nick and Simon, this never would have been pulled off ever in particular, Simon, like he goes from one thing to another seamlessly and you believe it. He pulls off some faces that I've never seen him make sense that are so hilarious. Um, uh, when he when he's alone with Barbara in the kitchen, and he said uh, that his dad used to touch him, and he he makes this gigantic frowny face. It's so hilarious, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, no, he's he's fantastic, and this is uh, this is this is I think you know with with this role, it sort of showed the world what he was capable of, and then Hot Fuzz was like oh you thought he only did that one thing well here's yeah. him being an action hero right. um uh like a legitimate action hero and then it was like after that that he started getting things like mission impossible and mm-hmm. star trek um, at the same time though i mean it you know i do think it has he he needs a, a like I, I don't know because i saw i think it was how to win friends and influence people Mm-hmm. Where he's like a, a, a tortured writer, and he's in love with Megan Fox, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just limp, huh. you yeah. know. And so, is that just a dramatic role for no, him? No, it's or? like supposed to be oh. like a you know a comedy drama a dramedy. Oh, okay. um, but it's just you know, it just I don't know if there's just not enough for him to work with, or if it's just the way it was edited, or what. It just doesn't have that same, you know. Not, yeah. not, a, not a shot to the head, as we say. No. Yeah. Well, I, I call that I call that period in in Simon's uh, career. It, it's when he was like he was trying to figure out what he was capable of, you know. Um, and and I think that that particular movie, uh, you know, he I think he did that, and then was like, oh, okay, like I'm not good at being like a 
like a smug, you know, writer who's in love with Megan Fox. I that's not who I am. Maybe I don't ever do that again. Um, Cause he, he also played like a, like a hitman in this like Australian movie a couple years ago. Uh, and that doesn't really work either. And I don't know if it's him or if it's uh, the director just doesn't, isn't giving him enough direction or what, but yeah, every once in a while he'll, he'll go a little too far off base. But I mean, you, you look at, the Cornetto movies and, you know, Sean, Nicholas Angel and Gary King are all completely different characters. And that's impressive. And within those characters, he is capable of turning on a dime like we're talking about here, uh, you know, from laugh out loud, hilarious to, you know, tear jerking, you know, dramatic. Um, and that's an impressive feat especially within different types of characters. It's one thing to just be Simon Pegg and everything. Uh, but you know, he doesn't do that and it doesn't, he doesn't always stick the landing on every movie, but um, in the Cornetto films, definitely. And then there are movies like run fat boy run where mm-hmm. he is able to, you know, kind of go get out from underneath or get away from, I don't know, not be with Edgar Wright and Nick Frost. And he still shines in that. And it's still an entertaining mm-hmm. movie. Well, um, he 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 uh, wrote or co-wrote that one, um, mm-hmm. so that that probably has a little bit to do with it. But uh, yeah, I I agree. Like that one's that that one's a really good one. Uh, as far as I mean, because his his when you look at the ones that he's a a lead in, mm-hmm. um, outside of the Edgar Wright ones, they're they're very kind of um, for the most part, uh, basic kind of movies, like very like kind of paint by number. Mm-hmm. sort of m- movies but he's so charming in them that you can't help but really enjoy them despite that you know oh yeah of course yeah like you watch run F- fat boy run and within the first 10 minutes you're like i can tell you everything that's going to happen the rest of this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, exactly it's it's very much comfort food yeah absolutely Absolutely. the only thing i couldn't tell you is how much i was of hank azaria's haunches i was gonna see all right, fair enough. Yeah, I don't well, think anyone I'll, was prepared for that. I will have to check out that movie then. <laughs> my uh, my favorite moment in this movie is when he goes up and down the children's ladder to to see if the coast is clear. Oh, yeah, and he, and he comes back down and says no lots. Yeah, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Is the way he says lots, and I don't know if there's another actor that I think could get as much out of that one word as he does. Yeah, uh, I think he's so fantastic when he just says no lots. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, so what are uh, do you guys remember the first time that you saw this movie and um, what you thought of it and, and, you know, what your overall thoughts on the film are? Yeah, I have a great story. Um, I actually saw it a couple months before it came out um, when um, Edgar and the cast were taking it around. Um, just as preview screenings and I got tickets to come see it um, here in Atlanta and it was a packed theater and then they all did a Q&A afterwards and um, they, you know, nobody really, they weren't who they were yet. <laughs> right. you know, there, there were, um, I'm sure, some spaced fans in the audience, but the rest of us were just kind of there to see what this zombie comedy was. And it was so funny that th- we wanted them to stay around for four hours afterwards and talk to them. Um, but I just, the, the one thing I do remember is that, um, 
somebody, one of the questions was, do you guys think that if this movie is really successful, it'll change you who you are? And Nick Frost said, no, I don't think so. Um, as a matter of fact, um, <laughs> we had a we had a, a money fight in the limousine on the way over here. And so I don't think it'll change us at all. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, I was supposed to go to that screening and they sold out before I could get a ticket. I was waiting on the sidewalk <laughs> and they sold out right before me. Um, oh man. And so, yeah. And so I did get to see a screening of it though, like a pre-screening at one of the art theaters in town and they, no one was there from the cast and Edgar wasn't there, but um, they did give out swag. And so I still have a, 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 like a winter hat that says aim for the head and has a target on it. Awesome. Um, but someone, I had a button that had that on it and I had it on one of my bags and someone stole it. Um, oh. A couple years back, but um, you have a no. You you didn't get a cricket bat. That was someone else that got a cricket bat. I did not. Okay, because uh, they were giving out cricket bats at the screening that Liam went to. Oh, we oh. did get to um, uh, go to a um, some kind of a horror marathon where they were showing this, and they had um, a, a picture booth outside where uh, I was holding a or you were holding a cricket bat, and I was a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we used that on something. We, mm-hmm. we used that picture, I think, on our wedding invitations or something like that. No, no, no. It was the engagement <laughs> announcement. Or, yeah, our engagement yeah. announcement was was her beating me as a zombie with a cricket bat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So we end up – where do we end up in this minute? We end up with them hugging, and Ed is looking on. Okay, can mm-hmm. we talk about this for a minute? And you may have already talked about this. Who the hell thought that, like, they would keep zombies out by just stacking chairs up to mid-height? <laughs> you know it's it's not it's not the best but i guess i guess it goes back to you know with scott's scott's observation yesterday which is just that you know these are just people working with what they have and the ideas that they have and i I guess it is it is i mean it is really funny just as little details yeah like just just a bunch of chairs stacked on top of each other or like five people firing one gun yeah. <laughs> well what else uh, you got i mean the winchester doesn't have a lot of spare wood around to nail up all the windows like in um yeah in night of the living dead for some reason in that house there's 400 doors that are in the basement that are unused that they can just prop up anywhere but you could properly right. stack those chairs Oh, it, it, you're more complaining about the order in which they're stacked. No, I'm just saying they just mashed them up against the window. Like, <laughs> if you really are going to make a boundary with chairs, you can stack chairs. Like, you can fit them together so they are tall and they stand up against the window. Sadly, st- chair stacking is not something that's taught in British schools. <laughs> Well, maybe it's one of those things they forgot because it was just, it was panic on the streets of London. (laughs) Sure. Someone else has got to have made that joke, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the movie. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Figuring in the podcast, it was coming up a lot. Uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, I just chalk it up to, to Sean not being a great leader. And so he comes up with a solution. He's like, yeah, that. We'll, we'll just stack the chairs. That'll be enough. Um, Yay. Yeah. Yay. The whole time, the whole time giving David shit because he, it's his fault that they have to do that anyway. Oh yeah. 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 The only other thing you could stack up to make a barrier in the windows is pint glasses. And I don't, I think that wouldn't work. (laughs) They have tables too. You put tables on their side. (laughs) Come on. 
Yeah. The tables do make a lot more sense. I, yeah. But I, I guess, you know, they probably just don't have any – they don't know what to do or, like, how to get the table up there is probably uh, the problem. I'm being very uh, judgmental about <laughs> what they should and should not have been doing. I don't think yeah. – I don't want to see David try and lift a table because I think he would snap, <laughs> snap him in half. Oh, he would mm-hmm. fart. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he's just got – you can tell he has a weak constitution. He does. Yeah. I think the reason why I'm being so judgmental is because I want all of them to survive. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I like them all so much. I'm like, why aren't you doing yeah. better? Do you, right. <laughs> how many thousands of people die every year because they don't know how to stack chairs correctly? Because <laughs> yeah, we don't live in a zombie landscape <laughs> or zombie hellscape is probably the better term. Just, uh, it's just a good old fashioned lack of leadership is what's going on yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm, well, guys, uh, if you are having a good time listening to this, there's a launch, a plethora, if you will, of other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. Uh, Road to Infinity. No, 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 no. Countdown to Infinity. Countdown, Countdown, to, Infinity. To, Countdown to Infinity. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the weekly podcast where uh, intrepid Dueling Genre podcasters will be, inter- uh, will be reviewing and discussing every movie in the MCU – in the weeks leading up to this summer's uh, Avengers shit, Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, check out Dueling Genre. Check out Countdown to Infinity. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. But in the meantime, let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow open. <laughs>